Welcome to the Heavy Metal Strength Coach Podcast. Hi guys and welcome to another edition of the Heavy Metal Strength Coach Podcast. I'm Chris Kershaw, the Heavy Metal Strength Coach. And once or twice in a generation, great men rise to the surface. And today we are joined by one of those men. Steve's my friend, my client, and my moral compass. Mr. Vegan Steve Taylor. How are you doing, friend? I thought you were going to say, but unfortunately he wasn't available, so we got Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Steve, like I said, is um, one of my clients that I've been training for two, three is it three and a half years now? It's got to be. It's got to be around that. Yeah, about three. Must be. Something like that, isn't it? It's yeah. been been far too long. Far too long for you, I'm sure. So, Steve, the reason that I wanted to get you on is just because I find you to be um, a very interesting man. So, I, the way that I want to take this discussion to start with is just by asking you what it is you do um, for work and then how you ultimately got there. So, I currently work in the NHS. I'm an ADHD specialist nurse. I kind of got... It's kind of a mixture of luck how I ended the job. So, the, the way I got into, into nursing is... I basically, I left, well, first of all, I left sixth form thinking, I don't know what the hell I want to do. So I just sort of bummed about for a bit. Started an open university degree in, in art history. I don't, know if, I don't know if I mentioned this to you. And then I did one module in sports science, which is a bit, which is a bit out there, but then kind of figured, I don't really know what I'm doing. And at the time, my partner was on a nursing degree and I'd taken psych, psychology at AS level. So I thought, you know what, I'll go into mental health nursing. So uh, yeah, I moved into mental health nursing, did my three years and... In your, in your final year, you basically get to choose what you want to do for your placement. And I thought, you know what, this is my last opportunity to pick somewhere that I'm never going to work again. I'm never going to work here again. So I might as well choose something. And, and I saw that we had an ADHD service. So I thought, you know what, I'll just put that as my first option. And yeah, luckily I, I got it um, and I really enjoyed it. Finished my training and got a job on a rehab ward. And I worked there for about two years. And um, the, job, the job with the ADHD clinic came up. I wasn't really... They wanted three years experience. At that time, I only had two. Applied for the job, luckily I managed to get it. And um, I've now been working in the role for about two years. I had a six month period where I was redeployed during the COVID pandemic. And I worked back on the um, rehab board for about six months. But yeah, that's where I'm at now. When I um, when, when I was a student, you spend quite, the, the assessment process is, is really quite long. You spend two, three hours, sometimes more, talking to people that generally are are, are really quite interesting people um, and fun to talk to and when I went to the rehab ward it's mad to say that I'd spend like a year with someone and I don't think once I'd sat down with them for three hours to talk to them so it was quite a unique experience to actually sit down and talk to people with for three hours um, or interact with them at all but um, yeah it's just it's just a um, that's what I like about my job the assessment process spending spending two three hours talking to people that are really quite interesting and a lot of people know about it a lot more a lot more, more people know about the condition they're sort of dispelling this um dispelling the myth that it's just naughty boys um just a hyperactive boy that you know wouldn't sit still that is that can be adhd but also there's a whole other side to adhd with people that are really struggling with inattention and that treatment for adhd can be life-changing and really help how did you originally get into the gym so to look back when you first walked into the gym how old were you and what was going on 
I think I first walked into a gym, I must have been about 16, 17. Now, I started my um, journey and I was like a like fat kid and I got into sort of fitness th- basically through martial arts. Um, I did judo to a fairly decent standard and I practiced uh, like a quite a harsh self-defense style of um, it was it was karate, but not not it wasn't like the sports karate that you see. Which branch was it? Can you, what was the proper name? It was well, the guy it was just Shotokan karate, but it 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 wasn't the sports style. It was um, I, it was with this this. Uh, it's called the British Combat Association, and I I highly recommend just anybody checking out this dude called Jeff Thompson. On a separate note, he's um, a really interesting guy. He was uh, one of the found the, the founder, I think, of the British Combat Association. He's got a really interesting story. Okay. But, um, yeah, so I started in martial arts basically. And then where did you go from there? So you basically find out in, if when you when you're in martial arts, you find out like strength is a big component. If if somebody's at, at the time putting in, in uh, put it in perspective, I was probably about sixty mid sixty like sixty five kilos. So I was very like I'm five nine, so I was quite very thin. And my my training was cardio. It was pr- pretty much cardio. I used to uh, I used to box as well. I did boxing for a bit, and I can remember that I used to run run to the boxing hall box and then run back fire a field and do, do this massive route so my training was completely opposite of what i do now it was just cardio and martial arts mm-hmm. and you quickly find out if someone's stronger than you like technique goes so far but if someone's just brutally stronger than you you're going to get fucked up and when did you start being interested in strength training so yeah that's i'm fighting people that are way stronger than me all right right i need to do something about this so sort of entered the gym there on the basis to to get stronger for martial arts and i saw it's around this period that i don't like the well i don't mind the guy i've discovered elliot hulse tell me about elliot hulse for those that don't know so back in the day he was a really good strength like youtube strength guy he used to do lots of strongman training <laughs> and i really admired the guy back then and i think because so it, when, when you train martial arts there's the uh there's this like jutsu side of it so which is the aggressive like hitting people and then there's this side that they call like the budo side which is about being a respectable person and i think looking back i think elliot hulse was the first person to talk like about that and weight training and he used to do all this thing about the transcendent rep and um (laughs) the warning signs were there weren't they yeah they were (laughs) but he was the first person that was talking like that in my eyes or that I, at least that I discovered around strength training. So I sort of started entering the gym then. I was I didn't really know what I was doing. I just used to go with my mate Ben. We just make up programs, and um, yeah, we had no idea what we were doing. I didn't bench for ages because I was too. I saw I saw somebody like drop the drop the bar on them, and I thought oh, I didn't want to do that. And I think Elliot Holtz had a bit of a thing against bench press for a while. I can't. I don't know why. Maybe he's being a con- uh, contrary because of the benching, bro. But um, so I didn't bench for ages. I just did. Uh, my training was pretty much deadlifts, farmers. I think that was it. Tire flips as well. I think. And uh, w- was this at the gym around where you live? This was a different gym back. So this was a, yeah where I live. It's a very um, I live in Deerham, uh, which is in Norfolk, a very small town, and it's. Um, yeah, big shout out. The gym was called Barrett's. <laughs> it's just like it was uh, it was below a hairdresser's. And it was tiny. <laughs> um, just, was it um, founded by Mr. Barrett before Holland came? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was ground zero. Sorry, that was a terrible joke. And then from there, 
when did you start getting interested in powerlifting? So this, I honestly, I wait, this is a thing. I wasted so much time in strength training, just like did not know what I was doing at all, just mucking about. And I think I got interested in it when I mentioned earlier, my mate Ben got into powerlifting and it turns out he was really bloody good at it. And I thought, you know what? I'll give it a crack. Seems simple enough. It's just squat, bench and deadlift. I was a bit too scared to do Olympic lifting because it looks way too dangerous. And I kind of always wanted to do strongman, but um, I, ne I never had the equipment to do it. And I suppose, you know, watching Elliot Hulse, I always thought, oh, it's so cool to, to lift the stones or whatever. But I never really had the equipment. So powerlifting seemed pretty simple enough. So I was sort of, I did it for a while. And again, I, I just sort of swapped programs really. I never really made much progress to swap programs really frequently. My, my friend Ben gave me, he, he coached me for a while and I made a bit of progress there. I think on the basis that I actually stuck to a program rather than swapping it every uh every four weeks and then i think that's about where you come into the picture there because um i was even with ben i was on and off with the program not really sorry if you listen to this ben sorry i didn't really follow your program that <laughs> 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 thoroughly because there's a bit of you that thinks you know what how difficult is it how difficult is coaching you just do squats for eight one week and then for seven the next week then for six the next week and just work it like that don't, don't be giving all my secrets away steve <laughs> <laughs> so you, so, think, uh, what, you know what it can't be that difficult i'll just do it and then when you're in i was in graft house at the point and you realize that you know everyone with a coach is starting to overtake you and then uh yeah that's when you came in i thought do you know what i, I think i found out that you, you that you did powerlifting and you were friendly in the gym so i was like that's my guy <laughs> had you had um, any injuries up to this point before we started I was lucky nothing I, I think I'd like pulled pulled muscles in my back deadlifting once but um, nothing nothing serious I did I did have a um, bad injury from childhood where I sort of uh, sliced my arm open but other than that nothing no training injuries apart from just the small niggles mm -hmm. um, and then so we started training you started following the program I think <laughs> I think I switched you over to sumo deadlifts from what I can remember yeah pretty quickly you, you swapped me to sumo um, and then because there was just zero range of motion there whatsoever, and we decided to enter your first powerlifting competition. And I don't get to see you at home with your own thoughts and everything like that. As you approached that first powerlifting competition, how did you find that? You know what? I was nervous as hell because I can remember saying, like I speaking to you beforehand saying, you know, I'm interested in, I was doing powerlifting and I want, I'd like to do a powerlifting comp in the future. And you were just like, oh, there's one coming up in like three months. We'll, we'll get you in for that. I, and I thought, oh, Jesus, I'm not ready. Like, I'm, I'm going to just bomb out. I've never done a comp before. There's so much to learn. So I was really nervous going into it. And it went all right. I I, I, I set a target for that competition. I wanted to total over 400. And I think I did. I, did, I think I I think I got my 420 in my first comp. I'm not sure. Did you compete again after that? Yeah, yeah. So I, the following year, I did another competition, and yeah, really started, really starting to enjoy it. Then we had a long period of about well, a year, a year training, <laughs> um, a long run up. The goal for that competition was to deadlift 200, which I achieved on the day. That's that was that was amazing. That just felt it just felt so good. <laughs> that was a wonderful lift. Did you go nine for nine that day? I think I got eight. Eight for nine, okay. Eight that's for nine, yeah. I failed the bench. That, that's good. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I think we added, and we add exactly fifty kilos in exactly a year to your total. Yeah, yeah. We worked to add it. Yeah, 
Uh, I think it was 52. So I can remember it worked out at a kilo a week. And what do you feel you learned from um, competing in powerlifting? I think don't take it too seriously is the biggest one. Just go in and have fun and just muck about and, you know, spend the time actually, if you can, have, you know, meeting some people, get, 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 get some advice. Uh, ignore some advice as well. <laughs> That's a good thing. What's some of the best advice you've ignored? Uh, start pre- doing press-ups before bench. <laughs> yeah that's um that's definitely not the best um advice. i'm not sure where, where that one came from the other thing i learned is the ipf is really strict <laughs> oh yeah there was uh, did you were told off about your shoes wasn't it yeah first comp they didn't like my shoes um and i had to borrow josh greenfield uh gave me his shoes so i was wearing his shoes <laughs> i didn't know it was josh yeah 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 i think they were too big as well so I was lucky. I think I failed on my first comp. I think I failed my last deadlift and I put it down to the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's I, work, I walked out like uh, Sideshow Bob. They were huge. <laughs> um, and then you competed um, in powerlifting a couple of times uh, and then your eyes began to wander over towards Strongman again. So what about Strongman is it that you love? Do you know what? I think it's something I've always wanted to do. Like going back, my first influence into strength training was was Elliot Hulse and he was a, he was a strong man. I just thought he was so cool. The movements are so varied. It's just look, just doing like log stones. The um, events are just so cool and varied. That's the thing. I told you before that I was changing my program all the time. I wasn't very good at sticking to one program. So probably powerlifting wasn't designed, wasn't suited for me because you're squat bench and dead from now and <laughs> forever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you still managed to stick to that for a couple of years though yeah that was that was really good that was I, I, yeah i'm actually made progress so you know when you, when you stick to something you you uh you make progress and how have you found um the first i, I can't remember how many months you've been into strongman now it might be coming up to a year how have you found that so it's been tricky because of because of lockdown and my training's been so varied and you, you do need a lot of equipment for strongman luckily we, we basically just bought a log bought farmers bought, a, bought an axle so I, I, I trained that at home during lockdown. Um, I was really limited with um, weights. I only had two twenty fives, but it's bit, it's yeah, it's great. I bought I bought some sandbags as well for my for my house. And I think if anybody's training at home, sandbags they're 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 so versatile and great bits of kit. What were the exercises that you were doing mostly with those sandbags? Uh, so I had uh, a one fifty and one uh, one fifty kg and one hundred twenty five kg. Uh, my goal of lockdown was to basically pick up the 125. I filled it and then thought, oh, fuck, I can't move this now. I'm gonna have, I had to get shrubs in to help me get it up. <laughs> I remember we took it outside thinking, oh, you know, we'll lift this. It'll be all right. And we couldn't get it back in. So, we <laughs> but, so uh, did you achieve your goal? Yeah. By the end of lockdown, I was picking up for sets of five. So, so that, was, that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> so picking it up, carries, carries are great. Uh, I only I only carried the fifty. I couldn't carry the one two five. It was just picking that up. It was hard <laughs> enough. Uh, Shouldering is a great exercise, and I think do you know what that's really carried over. Now I've gone back to the gym, and we're we're doing the stone over bar. Um, or in our case, it's a very large. Is it a medicine ball or something? Yes. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I call it a med ball anyway. It's um yeah that's it's really easy now. So I'm looking to looking forward to going to a gym where where we actually have stones and I can see where I'm at with that movement what's your current favorite event in strongman axel axel clean and press i'm not very good at it 
anything with a press um, is is going to be weak for me. But it's just a really fun, really fun event. My best event's farmers because anything with a deadlift <laughs> for me is good. But yeah, Axel Axel's really good. Dumbbell is really fun, but um, again, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> um, who is your favourite strongman, and what do you think of Eddie Hall? I'll start with Eddie Hall, amazing athlete. He just he just lies all the time. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go for bad coaching advice, there's uh, a plethora of examples from Mr. Hall. What's your favourite? Well, there's a recent one I heard him on the boxing when he spoke about, he said, I've got 10 ounce gloves, uh, which is basically bare knuckle. I was like, well, you just said gloves. <laughs> and they're not even the smallest gloves. They're smaller gloves than 10 ounce gloves. But uh, yeah, loads of stuff. And what amount of weight can anyone lock out? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, anybody can lock out a 500. <laughs> that's an Eddie Hall. <laughs> so I wish I could lock out 500 kilos. <laughs> I definitely can't lock out 500 kilos. So who's your favourite then? I've got a lot of love for Jeff Capes. Okay. Um, I didn't expect that. And so why Jeff? He's just an all-round guy. I've seen him. He does. He's back. You've got to have some respect back there when when strongman was just you show up on the day. You don't know what you're going to get. And there's loads of very weird events. As strongman's grown, it's become a lot more. Um, you've got an idea what you're going to do on the day. You know, there's going to be like a stones, a log, a carry, a deadlift, or a squat. I think I think when Jeff was about, you, you don't know what you've got. You can be like arm wrestling. You could be doing like sumo wrestling. There's the, the steel bending was a part of strongman. Mm-hmm. Um, these weird deadlifts. I've seen. I've, he's just an all round athlete. I've seen him uh, on like a cycling race. He beat some guy on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think that's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just, he seems just a lovely bloke. Okay, um, Is it, I can't remember if he's still alive. Yeah, I think he's still alive. I think he's now like, um, I think he's like a, I think he breeds budgery guards. Okay, um, natural progression right there. Yeah. And then you mentioned um, steel bending. Tell me a little bit about that world and uh, your involvement in it. Yeah, so I got I got into steel bending during lockdown because you know you haven't got much equipment. Uh, I didn't have much equipment, and with steel bending you don't need much. You just need a couple of wraps and um, and some steel. I kind of discovered it through a guy. So I listened to this guy, his podcast called Raspberry Ape, Dan Strauss. Recommend anybody check him out. He's a, uh, a BJJ guy, he does steel bending and he does um, yeah, strong. Listen out for the podcast with him because we've got that coming up. Hopefully in around five weeks, six weeks, seven weeks, something like that. But yeah, he's another guy to check out. He's awesome. But he, he, has, he has a podcast and he had this guy on called David, David Horn, I think his name is. And he was a steel bender, um, or is a steel bender, and he's absolutely ridiculous. And there's a really good pod. If you're going to listen to any Raspberry Eight podcast, um, I'd recommend the David Horn episode. It's just what's his podcast called? I think it's called the Raspberry Ape. Right. Okay. Excellent. I'll put that into the show notes as well. Yeah, yeah. And the da- David Horn episode, it's brilliant. And he's it's a really weird sort of niche little community in in strongman and strength sports and they do all kinds of weird stuff i've seen david horn do things like he's had a natural stone on his on his like the back of his head and he's bent a um grade eight bolt now grade eight is like that's ridiculous already i can't do a grade eight on its own let alone with an atlas stone on my head <laughs> does it tie in with stuff like grip training as well um and kind of old time strongman events where you travel around and pick up certain stones and stuff like that yeah, absolutely. I think it's heavily tied in with the natural stone lifting, which is, I can see, I, that's something I'd love to, to get involved in. And myself and my training partner, Shrubs, are, um, are training for, for the Dinny Stones. Tell me um, a little bit about the Dinny Stones. For those that are listening, what are they? Dinny Stones, so um, 
they, they, they were stones that were used as a counterweight whilst a bridge was being built somewhere in Scotland. I don't know exactly where. And uh, they called Dinny because there was an all-time strongman called Donald Dinny who allegedly picked the stones up and carried them across the bridge. The stones weigh, so they're two separate weights. The larger stone is 188. 188 kilos and the smaller one is 144 kilos myself and my, my training partner shrubs we are just training to pick that up we're not going to walk it across the bridge <laughs> what uh, that's ridiculous i think eddie hall uh, attempted it i think with brian brian shaw robert oberst and the other dude i keep forgetting his name nick best, best. Nick best yeah they, they they attempted it i think brian shaw got the it got the um the furthest with it but it's it's ridiculous yeah that sounds insane are there any other uh strange events like that that you're training for yeah absolutely i'd love to do there's loads of the um the natural stones in scotland just love to go give a go there's the Inverstone. i've got my eye on i think that weighs around 120 kilos and i think it's in some old lady's garden which is bad so you sort of just go and knock on this old lady's door say you know i'm here for the stone <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. We'll have to take a trip up there just to uh, knock on her door. Absolutely. Yeah, and she keeps a record book of everybody that's been and uh, that's lifted it and how, you know, did they just pick it up from the floor? Did they get it to the shoulder? Some people have pressed it. Do you reckon you'll be able to press it, Steve? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> now, something, again, to change gear, something that I touched upon at the start was... Uh, the name that you've become lovingly known as um, with my clients, and that's vegan Steve, and you're the, the least vocal vegan that I think I've ever encountered in my entire life. And it's ironic that you've um, got this uh, nickname of vegan Steve. Um, I wonder um, if you just talk to people about why you chose to be um, vegan. And yeah, no, I, well, I don't need to tell anybody because normally you, you introduce me as vegan Steve. So. <laughs> I don't need to tell anyone. Definitely because you are so nice and it probably makes you really uncomfortable, which probably makes me sound like a horrible person. It is cool. I mean, vegans have got a bad rap. I mean, quite rightly in a lot of cases. <laughs> but um, no, so I, I've, I've been vegan now for five years, I think. About five years, give or take a year or so. And before that, I was basically, I just ate in what would be considered a pretty normal diet. Just had meat probably twice, twice a day milk throughout the day and i think a part of me felt felt that it just wasn't right to um you know kill something for a for um food. a sandwich or whatever yeah, yeah so i thought i sort of felt it wasn't right but you could sort of justify it for a quite a long time thinking you know circle of life or whatever and um i suppose little things sort of dig at you so first of all it was kind of like you know this just doesn't sit right with me but you can justify it a little bit and then I, I did my um, ancestry, you know, looking at your family tree. I did the DNA test and that, and you could see who's in your family. And I, was, I had to look at that and I saw lots of men dying in their fifties. And I was kind of thinking, what's going on there? You look at the death certificate and it's all got uh, like heart disease, heart disease, heart disease. I was thinking, okay, that's a, like a, a worrying trend that I need to keep an eye on. Okay. Um, so you look at it a little bit, you know, dietary cholesterol and how that impacts heart health. And then I think that the straw that broke the camel's back after, because you can, you can sort of justify it, a, 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 you know, meat eat, I could justify meat eating for a while thinking, oh, actually I'm, I'm a meat eater because I'm, a, I'm getting into strength sports. So to be strong, I um, need to eat meat. And then I came across like Clarence Kennedy. I was like, okay, <laughs> looks like I don't need to be 
I've later found out that he uses steroids, but <laughs> apparently a vegan. No, I think I, he, I think Clarence is a vegan, but he does take a, he does take steroids. I didn't know that at the time. I don't know if that would have are, are steroids vegan. I think so. Well, yeah. then there you go. He's not been a hypocrite there. Yeah. So that that's when I became vegan, basically for a mixture of sort of health health reasons and um, yeah, uh, uh, ethical reasons. Um, yourself as going back to eating meat. I don't. There's been there's been times when I thought when I have thought about going back to to about eating meat. Firstly, it does taste good, <laughs> but there's things like see there's certain things you miss. I, I've never missed bacon, which is a lot of people say they miss bacon. I've never I've never never missed that. But it's more like a family meal when you know you get the chicken out and you, you know that sort of thing. You do you do miss sort of taking part in that. And another thing I thought I, I learned a bit about um, regenerative regenerative farming and I thought oh perhaps I should eat meat for that but um I stayed strong I thought well you can be a regenerative farmer and not eat the chicken <laughs> it's still a bit I still think it's a bit tight to uh kill it yeah okay um now what I like to do in the last few minutes of a podcast is to ask about any mentors that you want to give a shout out to any significant others training partners things like that that have just helped you get to where you are today so once again steve floor's yours and then we can uh, wrap up this episode yeah in terms of so people that have had a big impact um on my life i've got to give a shout out to elliot hulse he was the right person at the right time um i no longer follow his stuff but there's that that phrase that i've read that they say that was it when when a student is ready the teacher will appear and that was right for elliot at the time it was the right person at the right time to guide to um send me down a path this this i think i mentioned him earlier there's a guy called jeff thompson highly recommend this dude he's 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 a martial arts guy who um over he led a very violent life and then changed basically changed became a a a film filmmaker about he writes stories about when when he was a kid he was sexually abused and he writes stories about that it's um it's it's amazing he's a really really fascinating guy jeff spoke with a G-E-O-F-F. Yeah, got to give a shout out to you, Chris, for staying with me for three years. <laughs> it's, it's been a pleasure. You're, you're one of the most consistent clients that I've ever trained. And it's always good having you around and you've always got a... I can ask your expert opinion on um, things regarding mental health and, uh, yeah, just... I really admire you as a person as well, so thank you. I, bet, I, I, I can't go about saying shout out to my partner is... Izzy, she's she's awesome. She's great. She's uh, we're really well suited. <laughs> she's uh, makes up for my down um, downfalls. And then and hopefully uh, I can uh, come to, <laughs> to do the same. And how about your uh, training partner? Your oh uh, uh, yeah, gotta give a shout out to my father. Gotta give a shout out to dad. No, Trubs is an he's an awesome training partner. You say I'm going to be here for for ten, and he's there. He is is always like pushing pushing me on to um, to do better. But there's also that like friendly rivalry that if I if I do something, he's going to just come in and try and like just tip it, and then it's like right shit, I'm going to try and beat him now. <laughs> but the same thing is we do keep. I think we well, I suppose that's where you come in to go right. What are you doing? Stop. <laughs> You're not PBing that today. No. <laughs> Right then, Steve, I've run out of questions now. That was um, an awesome episode. I didn't prepare you for any of that. I just told you to turn up at a time. 
face the camera and go from there. And yeah, I, I thought it was great. I'll include all the names that you mentioned today in the show notes. Uh, and for anyone that wants to look at your stuff on social media or whatever, um, where can they find some of your stuff? You know what? Don't don't look. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any of you guys following me. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Heavy Metal Strength Coach Podcast. Yeah.